Hey friends, welcome back to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's constantly at work in our mess. Because we all have messes, big and small. We all need a place to kick off our shoes, come as we are, and take a deep breath of truth and encouragement. Well, I'm your host, Jen Jewell, and back with me today is my lovely co-host is the one and only Cindy Beal. Y'all, The Messy Table is partnered with our sister's ministry at Life Church, our multi-site church, where our husbands are both pastors on staff. But honestly, we are all about the larger global capital C church. So wherever you're coming from, we are united by the only one that truly matters, the powerful name of Jesus. And that is truly what it's all about. All right, I wanna give a huge shout out to all the mamas out there, biological moms, adoptive moms, foster moms, and let's broaden the scope a little bit, can we? I'm also talking to you aunts, grandmothers, teachers, pastors, mentors, babysitters. Basically, if you're pouring into kids or youth in any form or fashion, I want you to listen up. Julie Richard is here joining Cindy and me for a chat at the messy table for episode number 50. I mean, come on, we had to break out the big guns to celebrate this milestone. And guys, Julie is the humble and hilarious wife and mama who's also the mastermind behind the ministry Fearless Mom, which encourages, equips, and empowers moms of all ages and stages. And really, Julie just has an obvious gift for sharing complex truths in simple, helpful ways and with sincerity and passion. Today, Julie is sharing her unique perspective and experiences on raising children, as well as answering some of our looming questions, like how on earth do we parent in such a way that prepares our kids for adulthood? How can we discipline in practical, productive ways? And one of my favorites, how do we not only handle our strong-willed blessings, as Julie calls them, but set them up to thrive? Y'all, I'm in the listener position for this one and might just keep this whole thing on repeat. Raising up the next generation is no walk in the park, but it's sacred and significant and so very worth it. So grab your coffee, pull up a chair, and join us at the messy table. Hey, Julie, welcome to the messy table. Cindy and I are so honored to have you here. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. I love the title, The Messy Table. I love it. Because <laughs> we can all relate. Absolutely. Totally. So, Julie, I am so happy that we're getting to do this. This is so much fun. Um, I want to tell our listeners real quick how we met. We met actually through Leading and Loving It many years ago. And it's been so fun over the years to get to know each other and to have a lot of fun behind the scenes when we do retreats. And our women, the pastor's wives and women in ministry who attend those retreats, they are so encouraged and blown away by the things you share. In fact, your sessions are always the talk. So, you are kind to say that. You are kind to say that. I'm just speaking the truth. Because all of us mamas need help, right? Well, hey, you know what? We're all making it up as we go. Yep. So I think we just all need to know that nobody else knows what they're doing either. Right. That's the plan. So, Julie, I know a lot about you, and I know about your life and your kids, but I know our listeners would love to hear more. So tell us a little bit about you and who you are, a snapshot into your life. We'd love to hear. Sure. Um, I am from Laurel, Mississippi, originally, Southern Mississippi, which sounds redundant. I know. But if, when you're from Mississippi, there's a big difference between the North and the South Mississippi. But I am from Laurel and I am the middle of three girls. I came out to Texas to Baylor and married a Texan. I've been out here for 30 years now. Mm. My husband is Texan, loves the state. Um, I mean, like hardcore. 
before, boots and jeans, the whole thing. Have you turned? Uh, you know what? My children always remind me um, I'm the only one in the family who wasn't born here. Um, so I love Texas. I do. I love living here. But I live with three very, very, very deep-rooted Texans. So they would say, no, I haven't. And I think <laughs> I'm still a deep South girl myself. But yeah. We've been here for a while now, so I love Austin. We're in Austin. My husband and I planted a church a little over 20 years ago. We have two kids, Emily and Joseph. Emily is 24, and she graduated from the College of Charleston in South Carolina, and she now is in grad school here in Texas and works at the church. Oh, you got her back. You know it. I mean, as quickly as we could. And our son, Joe, is a senior at Clemson. So he, um, yeah, loving life out there. All four years of his college career, they've been, you know, in the top four football teams. So He's loving life out there in Clemson and is going to graduate in May. And right now he's planning on going to seminary. And so we'll see. We may end up with everybody back at the church. Wouldn't that be fun? Hmm. So I am a mom. I graduated with a special ed degree. I love children. And a few years ago, started this mom ministry. And I don't teach because I do it perfectly, but I teach because I believe passionately that if we can help moms enjoy what they're doing, then, you know, life will be better for everybody. So mm, I'm passionate about family. I love what scripture guides us to do and be when it comes to the family. So that's really my heart. I love family and I love the holidays. <laughs> I love any holiday, but my favorite would be Christmas. I love summer because everybody's home, but I love Christmas. Because so you're already gearing up for Christmas 2019. I'm always gearing up. I never gear down. <laughs> I'm always thinking Christmas. I love it. I think everyone should love it. I try to make everyone love it. But, you know, I do. I love it all year round. Hmm, that's great. Okay, Julie. So you founded and lead this phenomenal and super helpful ministry for moms called Fearless Moms. And we want to hear all about that. But first... I've been a mom for almost a decade. I have lots of mom friends, and I wouldn't necessarily describe myself or us as fearless. Right. I'm often desperately praying for answers, for wisdom, for protection for my kids and fighting against that fear right. of the unknowns or feeling unqualified. And so I would just love to hear from you. What exactly is the driving force behind this idea of being fearless? You know, I love that you asked that question. Um, when we say fearless moms, I don't know a mom who's truly without fear. Mm -hmm. But what we have to do is we're not driven by our fear. We're not fueled by our fear. So we recognize it. We see it for what it is. And we dig deep and find the fight in spite of the fright. Mm. We don't wait until we are not afraid anymore. Um, courage is at its best when we're most fearful. So I think probably the biggest fear moms have is that we're doing it wrong. Right. So <laughs> you just have to dig deep and do the best you can and trust that God will fill in the gaps, mm -hmm. you know, because we make mistakes every day for crying out loud, mm -hmm. most times before breakfast. But God is so faithful. He's called us to this great task of parenting, raising the next generation. And um, the appropriate response when we realize the responsibility is to throw up in your mouth a little bit, you know. <laughs> Uh, you you should be overwhelmed mm. by that task. But the good news is he didn't ask you to do it by yourself and he doesn't ask you to do it perfectly. He says, give your best and I will do the rest. And so it's not about being without fear. It is not parenting 
with fear as your fuel. So mm-hmm. I say it all the time. People will say, well, I, I don't want my kids to hate church or I don't want my teenagers to be um, rebellious or I don't want this or I don't want that. And I say, you know, you're being driven by fear. So tell me what you do want. So instead of parenting away from a fear, let's parent toward a vision. Mm -hmm. So if we can focus on what we do want and parent toward that, it's a game changer, I think. So it's Mm -hmm. not about being fearless. It's about knowing what to do with your fear. Right. And you guys have a scripture that kind of kind of encompasses the theme of fearless mom. Absolutely. Proverbs 31 says she laughs without fear of the future. She's clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. She laughs not because she knows what the future holds, Mm -hmm. but she knows who holds her future. That's good. Julie, I love the passage about she laughs. And one of the things that I feel that I've tried to do with my kids is laugh with them. Yeah. And occasionally, sometimes we laugh at each other. So that's always fun as well. Absolutely. I'm telling you, it really does make a difference when they see you laugh and enjoy life with them. Yes. Um, So I I really love that. It's huge. I think we underestimate the role that laughter and play play in the family. Um, Laughter communicates ease. It communicates safety to children. So when there is laughter in the home, it fuels that vision We work at Fearless Mom to create a home in which a child walks in, drops their backpack and says, I'm home, I'm safe, and I like it here. Mm. And so laughter fuels that, I think. That's so good. And again, sometimes laughing with, sometimes laughing at. Either We take the Bible seriously, but not ourselves. Right. So, Julie, I I think I talked to you about this over the years, but when my oldest son was in the the throes of adolescence and really just he and I were not seeing eye to eye on 99.9% of things. Right. And it was rough. It was a rough period of time. And I didn't know if I was going to make it. And my husband was (laughs) having to kind of hold me up. But I'm telling you, in some of the moments where I thought about fighting for a certain situation or a certain stance, I just had this feeling, this this thought in the back of my mind, okay, is that going to matter in the coming years? Right. It's, it's the whole, you know, choose your battles. And so for me, I just realized, okay, I have to start not really even parenting because he was like 16, but like I have to start coaching and interacting with him, thinking about my adult Noah. Yes, it's so good. And so that really, it's exactly what your 2020 parenting approach is. And so that is a missing element, in my opinion, a lot among so many parents these days. So could you expound on that and help us understand what that process looks like? Ah, that's my favorite thing to talk about, because I think that we underestimate the little decisions our kids are making today, the connection that that makes to tomorrow. Uh, You know, today's choices shape tomorrow's character. So why are all these little things important? Because they may be big things one day. My responsibility is to prepare my child to be an adult. So what is parenting? It's not about raising a great kid. It's about raising this kid to be a great adult. So it's not about surviving the next 20 minutes. It's about thriving the next 20 years. And I get questions all the time, you know, should I discipline for this or should I discipline that? And someone had asked me, her child was probably a year old. You know, he is 
I can't even remember what it was, but she said, you know, he's misbehaving. Should I discipline for that? And I would say, well, let's look at that behavior. Is it acceptable in the classroom, in the dorm room or in the boardroom? If not, you need to address it now. That's good. It's not about what it looks like now. And she said, well, he doesn't know what he's doing. I go, and he won't until you tell him. (laughs) And so, you know, that's funny. That's our responsibility to help him recognize this is not appropriate. We say in Fearless Mom, there are two kinds of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable. And you address the unacceptable, period. It may be understandable, Mm -hmm. but if it's not acceptable, then I have to address it. Mm -hmm. And so the 2020, it's about parenting my child in preparation for adulthood. And that's a game changer because I think we um, to pick our head up and to see that long term perspective, as you said, Cindy, sometimes it helps you decide which battles are worth fighting. Sure. Mm -hmm. Because choose your battles is so, you know, it's arbitrary. And so that's why we pray constantly for wisdom and discernment and then picture that behavior, you know, 20 years from now. That's good. Well, and I do think often as moms, we get sucked into the now, like I'm just trying to survive. I'm just trying to get you in the car and to where we need to go. I'm just trying to make sure that you eat your dinner. Yes. And so often we miss out thinking about the future because we're so busy just trying to get through today. Oh, for sure. And I mean, sometimes it's each hour. Just can we make it to bedtime? Right. You know, so how have you found to get out of that and to have a new perspective, maybe even some practical tips on how to think futuristic, even in the moment that could be messy? The easiest way for me has been to make sure I am surrounding myself with people in other stages of life. Because if I, for instance, my son, when he was graduating from college, he was a senior, I mean, graduated from high school. He was a senior in high school. So a lot of his friends' parents, we would get together and we were all sad. We were all sad they were leaving. We were all, you know, in the same stage. So then when I sent him off, um, I dropped him off at school. My best friend has kids younger than mine. And so she said, okay, Julie, I'm going to give you 24 hours and then I'm going to bring my kids over. (laughs) And so we, her kids came over to swim. They're screaming at each other, you know, throwing fits and all this. And I was like, hey, the empty nest doesn't look too bad anymore, you know? And then I also have friends who are farther down the road and they are um, looking at stages like grandparenthood and, you know, their kids are getting married. So I think it's important that we we talk about the Titus II mom, making sure that she's teaching those moms who are younger than she is. But I think it's important that we put ourselves in a position where we have people who are behind us and we have people who are ahead of us. Mm-hmm. That helps us gain perspective. Yeah, I think. perspective is a big deal. <laughs> yes, it is. Because you know what? If you are potty training and everyone you know is also potty training. Yeah. All you can then think you're about. you're in living hell. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're like, this will never end. They will never, you know, never use the potty on their own. But then if you get around other people in other stages, it does help you mm-hmm. with a little perspective. Right? It is true because I took a little longer with my youngest to potty train than it did the oldest. And I remember someone just said, Cindy, he'll be fine. He'll be fine by kindergarten. Just don't worry about it. And I thought, okay, I don't really want to wait that long, but you're right. He will. It's let's just it's so true. It's not a big though. deal. Let's just let it go. Or kids, the babies who, you know, if your friends, all your friends, their babies don't sleep through the night either. You're like, 
this is terrible. <laughs> Everyone I know is, you know, experiencing this. But again, perspective changes everything. So, Julie, I know you talk about so many different topics within Fearless Mom and you cover so many things. And I wish we had time to go over all of them today because they're just so, so good. But I want to kind of zoom in on the topic of strong-willed children because I know this is something that it's a hot topic. People are dealing with this and they want to know, how do I how do I deal with my strong-willed child? And I also have some fiery or spicy blessings, I think is what you call them, um, myself. Yes. And, you know, we love love the idea of raising strong, brave, bold, determined, confident kids. But when they're 18 months old or two, three, four-year-olds, or maybe even teenagers, especially for those of us with these strong-willed, strong-minded children, it can sometimes feel like another level of exhausting. Yes. And so in your own experience and, of course, your observations of other kids and moms as well, what perspective do we need as we strive to honor God and love our kids well? That's great. I think with the, we call them strong-willed blessings Mm -hmm. because I do believe that that strength is a gift. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing is to recognize that strength as a gift and recognize and acknowledge that this strength will serve my child well. Mm -hmm. I knew with my Emily, who is now 24, and she's a pleasure. I mean, she really is. She's great. And um, she works at the church. We spend a lot of time together. She's amazing. But when she, let me try to give you an example of Emily and her um, spiritedness. When Emily was three, she had not just an imaginary friend, but a full imaginary family. <laughs> she had an imaginary husband, Michael, and their relationship was tumultuous. And then she had three children, David, Casey, and Kavid. Um, a combo name there, Kavit. And uh, she and Michael was very opinionated about everything. <laughs> and um, m- they argued all the time. Oh, my word. She would come upstairs and say, Michael is so rude. And uh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> and she was three. Oh, she was three. And then when she was four and five, Michael just became more and more verbose, you know, um, more opinionated. And she... Um, I was in a store and we were picking out shoes. Actually, it was for Easter. And so I, of course, was picking out white sandals to go with her smocked dress. And Michael did not like white sandals. (laughs) And so she begins to scream at the top of her lungs, you know, Michael doesn't like white (laughs) sandals. Michael preferred the rainbow sequin Birkenstocks. I bet he did. Yeah. And so I whipped around and I said, Michael doesn't make decisions in our family. Then the poor young girl who was trying to help us said, who is Michael? <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is a low parenting moment for me. Um, and I said, Michael is her imaginary husband and we will be leaving now. She was probably four at that time. But I got on her level, which was the opposite of helpful. Mm-hmm. I went right down to where she was arguing. And so I had to take a moment. I had to eat a Snickers. I had to go, okay, what is my responsibility here? Train up a child in the way she should go. Okay, eventually she will be independent. It's 2020 parenting. I've got to parent her. I've got to help her use this strength positively. Mm-hmm. So the best thing when you're dealing with an SWB is to remove emotion, is to say, let me look at this objectively. 
which is easier said than done. I do recognize that because Mm -hmm. we are so emotionally charged about it most of the time because we're fearful that we're not doing it correctly or we're worried that what we're doing isn't working and we're frustrated. The number of times I cried and looked at her and said, why are you doing this to me? And really, her therapist is going to have a heyday one day. <laughs> that, that was what what was that? She was four. That was not helpful. Uh, and so I think removing emotion is the key. Yeah. I had to figure out how to back away and say, what is my responsibility? It is to teach her to live appropriately. It is to teach her how to love God, his house and his ways. Now, let me see. How can I do that? I'm going to address undesirable behaviors, and I'm going to reward desirable behaviors. When you're in the middle of it, it's so complicated because of the emotional charge. Mm -hmm. When you back up, it seems so much simpler. But I think with the strong-willed blessing, recognizing that it's a strength, and then having a plan, Mm -hmm. um, saying, okay, what is discipline? It is stating the desired behavior, modeling it, and explaining it to my child. Then if the child exhibits the behavior, I give a positive consequence. If the child does not exhibit that behavior, I give a negative consequence. Rinse and repeat Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over and over. Hmm. But it's not working. And over Mm -hmm. and over. But I don't, I'm tired of doing it this way. And over. Right. Sometimes the parent has to be the most disciplined, even more so than the kid. Yes. Oh, I definitely think so. Because typically with a strong-willed blessing, The most important thing we can teach them is authority, is I am the authority. You may not agree with me, but you must obey me. Mm -hmm. You may not understand, but you must obey me. Ultimately, my responsibility is to set my child up for his relationship, for her relationship with their heavenly father, Mm -hmm. because there will be times when they don't understand what God is saying or why he's saying it, but their responsibility is to trust and obey. Mm -hmm. There's going to be times when they don't want to obey immediately, but the best thing for them is to understand authority and trust and obey. So we're really the first opportunity our children have to learn to trust and obey authority. Mm. I love that. So Julie, one of the things that cracks me up about my youngest is he's very persistent. He is um, he is my strong will blessing and he has a lot of great characteristics. And unfortunately, those strengths he uses them on me. And so like Your practice. persistence and more persistence and just digging. And finally, I don't, I think I might even heard this from you, Julie, but somewhere along the way, I just looked at him. I said, I so appreciate these things about you. You're going to be so great. You might even be a lawyer one day, but you are not. Oh, al- that's what, and I said, yes. you are not allowed to use those on me and I'm (laughs) your mother. And so it's just teaching them. It is so hard, but teaching them that, look, you may not understand everything, but I'm the authority here. God has placed you as my child. And I may or may not have said on any given occasion, God didn't give you an option on who your parents were, but I'm (laughs) it. So deal with it. So that's right. Again, there you go. There's some good parenting one-on-one from Cindy Beal. I do. Yes. I, but I think you're absolutely correct. I think that we, 
we say to them, this strength of yours is amazing, and God is going to help you use it to do mighty things. But you've got to to use it effectively. You've got to submit your will to his ways, period. Mm -hmm. And so I'm the first line of defense for you. You learn to obey me. I will set you up for a win, buddy. Let's do this together. Mm -hmm. But I think that, um, yeah, that strength, that persistence, Cindy, I probably did say. I think it was you in one of your sessions. I used to say about (laughs) Emily, she will either need or be a great defense attorney one day. Yeah. We say that about our daughter as well. Which is (laughs) wonderful. If we can see that as a strength. But it is exhausting when you're oh, parenting yeah. a strong little blessing. It's it's worth it. It's so amazing. Mm-hmm. But it is exhausting. It just requires a tenacity like nothing else. But I, we say, do not grow weary in doing good. For in the proper time, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. And if you have an SWB, that's the key. I make mistakes every day. Some days I hit a single. Some days I strike out, but I never quit swinging. Mm-hmm. I yeah. will not quit. I've made a lot of mistakes, but I will not quit trying. And I love that you're redefining the strong-willed child because they're going to grow into their strength yes. and it can be a mighty force. Like you're saying, especially if they surrender their life to Jesus, you bet. You know, they're becoming the leaders and pioneers and visionaries of our future. And so even my daughter, she's 10 now um, or almost 10. And I I can already see her growing into her strength. And she is so creative, such a leader. She brings people alongside of her, gives them opportunities. It's really cool to see. But like you said, that doesn't mean that it's not hard in the moment. So for the mom who's listening right now, who is just in the thick of it, just beating her head against the wall um, and wants to give up, what would you tell her? Oh, man, I would say stick with it. You know, embrace your responsibility of authority and tell your child, my responsibility is to be your authority and then stick with it. Just because it's not working today, it doesn't appear to be working, doesn't mean it's not working. Mm -hmm. They will push every button. Every child is born with a predisposition towards self-preservation and self-promotion. That is not a bad thing. That is the way we were born. Our responsibility is to say, okay, now if you will submit that, our responsibility is to shape their heart, to teach them that God's way is the best way. And that if they will submit, their lives will actually work out better. Maybe the most selfish thing you do is to obey God. Mm. Your life will work better. (laughs) But with an SWB, it's so important. We don't want to change them. We want to channel that strength for good. Mm -hmm. I think if we choose to look at that strength as a positive, but embrace the responsibility, we have to teach them how to use it for good. Right, right. Something my husband has said for quite a while is just when we're in a heated moment, um, just saying, okay, we need to be sure that they feel it not us, you know, because sometimes we can get so frustrated or mad and then we can lose our temper, but instead they need to feel the consequence of their own action. And I'm no expert at all. The jury is still very much out on, on me and my children. However, I think that we've kind of learned um, some things that have worked for us. And a lot of that involves natural consequences or, you know, maybe you yelled at your brother. And so now you get to go to your room and write some sentences about how you're not going to yell at your brother, but I'm not mad. I'm not frustrated. Then when you're done, we can talk about it and we can apologize and all that. So I'd love to hear what are some like practical tips that you might have for discipline? That is so huge. When you said, you know, your husband said removing emotion. I think that's the key personally. And I think every child is 
different. Actually, we know every child's different. Mm-hmm. God created us wonderfully complex and distinctly different. That's the joys of parenting is once you feel like you've got it down on your first one, you have another one and God's like, ha ha, you just thought you knew what you were doing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, perhaps you have a third and then that throws you for a spin. And we always say, you said you're not an expert. I don't know a mom who's an expert. Hmm. And we say in Fearless Mom, if you meet a mom who says, I've got this parenting thing figured out, don't be her friend because (laughs) she is a liar because no one has it figured out. Everyone, every day is different. Every family is different. Every child is different. The needs are so different. There are definite principles that apply across the board, but every child looks different. Every combo of family looks different. Every stage looks different. It's a lot. But again, God is so faithful and he gives us what we need when we need it for sure. So the practicals um, about discipline, I would say number one is understand your goal. What is your parenting goal? To raise a happy, healthy adult. Then you have to determine what's important to you. What's the vision for our family? In our family, it was to raise kids who love God, his house. We believe the local church is super important and his ways. If they will learn that God's way is always the best way. And then we parent toward that vision. So each child was different. Our practicals were you respect authority, You understand and embrace authority. You understand and embrace responsibility and hard work and gratitude and honesty. Those were our big four. And then we parented toward that. So again, discipline being there are two kinds of behavior, acceptable and unacceptable. Mm -hmm. And we state the acceptable, articulate it, and then follow up. And it's constant. You have to pay attention every day. There is no break. (laughs) It's every day, but it is exhausting. And so for little ones, if um, we believe in timeout, it's very effective. Mm -hmm. You may not see a behavioral change immediately. It may be one minute per year. So a three-year-old, one to two minutes. As they get older, you do it per year. Some people say, you know, five-year-old, five-minute. I think it's every kid is different you know your kid well enough to know if it's long enough. Yeah. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think then you get in, there are all kinds of ways. With Emily, when she was in elementary school, the biggest thing was taking away her clothes. Right. That would not have been a consequence for That's me. That's hilarious. Or my son. He would have been like, that just makes my life simpler. Yeah. But you yes. find what, you know, what they care about. Sometimes removing um, them from the exciting experience, you know, that's going on in the other room. Definitely. Definitely separation. I think that's huge. Or um, with Emily, part of the authority, I think if you have a a very emotional child, um, often those SWBs are hyper emotional, which is wonderful. Remember, who changes the world? Mm -hmm. Those people who feel things deeply. So that's a strength. But it is sometimes challenging to parent because when they feel things deeply, they respond with great emotion. And those are the tantrums that we see. And so I think a consequence for a child like that, with Emily at least, I'll tell from my experience, when she would get super emotional and want to explain her side or why she did something, I would say, stop. I want to hear you, but you will never talk to me that way. I'm your mom. Take a breath. Take a break. Watch your tone. Watch your face. Now, if you want to speak to me in a regular, respectful tone, I will listen. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, go to your room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's good. And that was 
Easier said than done, (laughs) but then sometimes she couldn't do it and she needed time away. And then sometimes, Cindy, this is another thing you probably heard me say with your SWV that continued to make his case. And sometimes you'd find yourself saying, oh, actually, you make a good point. Right. Um, Right. What do you do in that case? Because that sometimes happens to us. (laughs) You're like, dang, what do we do with that? Uh, And so sometimes I would say, okay, there's no sentence that's going to come out of my mouth that's going to make you understand. And there's no sentence that's going to come out of your mouth that's going to make me change my mind. This conversation is over, which was very difficult, Mm -hmm. very difficult for an SWB. But sometimes it needed to end. Yeah. Now, if they make a really great point and they decide to calm down and come to you in a great manner, did you ever change your mind or did you? Absolutely. Depend on, I'm not going to, I'm not going to change my principles and I'm not going to change things like that. But if it didn't matter. Yeah. And if they did it with respect, um, why not? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I totally, because this is what I would try to picture. I'm trying to set them up for their marriage, conflict in marriage, conflict in the workplace, conflict with adult friends. So when you disagree with someone, how do you speak to them in a respectful, loving tone? So it's not about the argument you're having. Mm-hmm. Again, it's that 2020. It's about setting them up. I'm preparing them. I'm training them for adulthood. And some adults need to hear this. We need to be able to have a conversation with someone that maybe you disagree with and still keep a calm, loving, respectful tone. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, I I think that's an understatement. Actually, when we teach our parenting principles so many times, I'll say we all know adults who never learned this. Mm-hmm. And, and there's great value in this. So let's let's look at that. That's one of the things I love to do is to study current trends and patterns in the world and then study research and go, OK, filter it through scripture. And is there anything we can prepare our children with now that could help change these trends? if they're negative, that can help improve these trends. So there's so much we can do to proactively set our kids up for a win, Mm -hmm. to think ahead. Just We say all the time, we don't want to add to your to-do list. We just want to help you be intentional with what you're already doing. Yeah. Yeah, we want to let them live the way that God has designed them to live. We don't want to control or manipulate them, but we also want to help set them up for success. Yeah, we have an opportunity to to set them up to see these things as strengths, to use this, you know, strong will, or maybe it's an easygoing kid. Maybe it's a kid who's very emotional, whatever the characteristic. The characteristic itself is neutral. Mm-hmm. Our responsibility is to help them use it in a positive and effective way. Right. Right. That's good. Yeah. And that's a good point that every kid is so different. I have a friend whose child is very mellow and meek and and quiet and mild. And so they have some different challenges that they're facing. And so that's so good. That's so good. And I think, though, that we often our parenting focuses on those children who are louder Mm -hmm. and maybe push the edge of the envelope more when like you said, your friend has to be just as intentional with the compliant. We call those EGCs, the easygoing compliant ones. We have to focus and be just as intentional, but it is definitely parenting in a different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that is such good stuff, Julie. I appreciate you sharing everything. And what's funny is I know you as someone who's on stage. I mean, I know you behind the scenes as well, but like not everybody knows that getting you to get on stage all those years ago was not easy. So 
Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, and how you didn't really want to be in front of people and teach and what happened in your life and how God changed you. Well, I, I appreciate you're saying that past tense because I want you to know that even today, even though I do teach Fearless Mom and I, I have the opportunity sometimes to travel and share with women and, and share with men and women, my greatest fear is public speaking. Mm. I do not. I, I'm like, what is happening? I'm a mom. And for some reason these days, I'm a mom with a microphone right. and uh. I feel super not equipped and not. And so when I first started having the opportunity to teach, I was like, what is, uh, no, actually, I'm going to go back even farther. When Mac and I started the church, um, he was, you know, pastoring and he said, one day, you know, I'd love for you to teach with me. And I said, oh, that's so precious. No. <laughs> um, and no. Um, that's so sweet for you to try to involve me. But no, I teach children. And he would say, yeah, but one day, you know, I'd love for you to teach adults with me. And I'd say, mm, no, definitely not. You know, I teach children, period. I love teaching children. My degree is special ed. I love give me a crowd of hundreds of children. I'll choose that over 10 adults any day. You know, children, they don't uh, critique as quickly. They don't carry baggage. They think I sound like Whitney Houston when I sing. Right. <laughs> Everything is good. Let me stay there. And God kept pushing and pushing. And I was wrestling and wrestling and saying, no, no, no. And I finally just said, okay, fine, I will do it. And friends were, you know, encouraging me. And I'm like, I, I don't think you understand. I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to do that. I don't want. And there's an easy way to avoid criticism. Never do anything. Ooh. And I realized that I was just not wanting to put myself out there, that I was just it was making I was making it about me. And I always would say, yes, when I grow up, when I am mature, I am going to start teaching adults. And God finally was like, honey, this is as good as it's going to get. <laughs> You, this is as mature as you're ever going to be. And so I said, okay, I'll do it. And I started teaching. And when I changed my mind, God changed my heart. I started having a passion for teaching moms and for teaching parenting and for teaching family. And I, I am still a nervous wreck every time I get on stage. But I walk up and I go, okay, God, I will serve you fully. I don't understand why you've called me. I don't feel like I know any more than anyone else, but I will share my experience and share what I have learned. Mm. I love studying about trends and I love studying about research and I love sharing with moms how they can be better and they can enjoy it more. And so it's really just a step of obedience, but it's a wrestling match every time. Because I don't feel like an expert. Mm -hmm. And I feel like most people who teach are experts. And then I think, well, it's a step of obedience. I will share what I know. And I will share my experience. Because mistakes are only wasted if we keep them to ourselves. Mm -hmm. I will share my experience in hopes that other people won't make the same mistakes. Yeah. Most of the reason I talk about strong-willed blessings is because I did things so poorly. But I can help you maybe avoid some of the pitfalls that I experienced. 
Okay, so this is super convicting, probably to many of us, because many of us might feel like God's calling us to step out. Maybe it's to start a business or start a Bible study or to start something. But like you're saying, we don't feel like an expert. And I can totally relate to that, even regarding this podcast. When I started it uh, two years ago, it was definitely a step of obedience for me. And I've talked about that before, but um, I felt super unqualified, unequipped, not good enough, not ready. But it almost got to the point where it felt like disobedience if I didn't do it. Because it just yeah. was so strongly, just like that burning fire that's in your head and in your heart that you just can't get away from. And so finally, you know, with trembling hands kind of stepping into it. And so I hear you saying that. And when people look on at you, it's like, man, you are the expert. You have so much wisdom to glean from and you bring just so much truth to each of your messages. And so as you stepped into it, how did you press past those fears? Again, I'm going to go back to your question you asked me in the beginning about fearless mom. It's never that I'm going to be without fear. Mm -hmm. I think there'll always be something in me that is fearful. And actually, I think it's a healthy respect for the responsibility involved. Mm -hmm. Your responsibility for your podcast, God has given you the opportunity, the responsibility to share his truth and his message over a podcast. And that's a weighty responsibility. So a little fear may be healthy. Mm. And then to say, but I'm going to push through that fear. It's finding. Um, and as I said, for me, it's just a step of obedience. I just have to make myself do it because I can think of a million reasons why I shouldn't mm-hmm. and a million reasons why I couldn't. Well, it's like you but, said, you're making it about you. And often I think we think that that would come the opposite. Like, oh, I'm trying to be awesome. And so I'm making it about me. But instead, it's that kind of reverse humility. Like, Yes, that's a great way to describe it. But I'm so, whatever the word is, embarrassed or just don't want to look like I'm being awesome, but then I'm making it about me and still being disobedient. (laughs) Absolutely. We have the opportunity, especially um, if God's calling you out to do something for him. And it may not be traditionally. Sometimes people think, well, I don't think God's calling me to speak. And that's not the only way you can be used for his purposes. And so it's, it's across the board. If he's nudging you a step of obedience, each time you take that step, you will receive affirmation from him, I believe. Mm -hmm. When you get under his authority and you trust and obey, I don't know that I'll ever feel like I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? I I, I mean, I, I don't know that I'll ever get to that point, but I am so confident that he has me in the palm of his hand and that I will take one step at a time. And there will definitely be things that are beyond me and he will fill in the gaps. I feel the same way about speaking and teaching that I did about parenting. Mm -hmm. I don't have it within me, but I know that he's called me to it. And so I'm going to do my best Mm -hmm. and trust that he's got my back. And the key word that you said there is that you're confident in him, not in your ability, in him. (laughs) Absolutely. This is the same God that parted the Red Sea. This is the same God that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the one I'm asking to help me out Mm -hmm. here. That's the one I'm obeying. So when parents will say, you know, I'm so we call them Red Sea prayers. I'm nervous about my child's teacher this year. I'm nervous about my and always go, hey, that's a Red Sea prayer. You say, God, you have my child in the palm of your hand. 
you parted the Red Sea, please put her in the right classroom. Mm-hmm. I go, you know, it just gives a little perspective to everything, mm-hmm. everything we do. Remembering that the same God that parted the Red Sea is the God who's helping us make it to dinner tonight. Right, you know, right. and the stepping out might even be okay, God's calling me to lead my own children towards Him. And I actually had a friend I was talking to about how I was going to have this conversation with you. And uh, her question for you was, okay, so I didn't grow up talking about God a whole lot in the home. And so she feels pretty unsure about how to step into that now, having a toddler and a baby. So what are some simple ways that you would even say as moms, as we begin to lead our kids, and maybe specifically right now, I'm talking about young kids, but really any kids, how do you start incorporating in biblical truths about God? That is such a great question. And I'm going to say that I grew up in a Christian home. We were active in our church and it was hard for me. Mm -hmm. I think that it, it is, it's a challenge across the board. Am I doing this right? Am I doing enough? Am I setting my kid up the right way? So this is what I would say. Number one, take care of your relationship with God. The best thing you can do for your children is to have a healthy relationship with the Lord. So I make sure I'm having my quiet time. I make sure that I'm in a right relationship with God. I make sure I'm in a right relationship with my husband. And then I say, connect to the local church. You're not supposed to do it on your own. God's design is that parents partner with the church. And so the church will fill in those gaps and will give your kids spiritual footing and then go, okay, God, help me be intentional in every opportunity. Help me see every opportunity I can to remind them that you are God. Mm -hmm. So for instance, going for a walk, let's look, oh my gosh, look at the sun God created. It's amazing today. Can you believe God allows us to live here? Can you believe God? We're just talking about it in our everyday life. So casual. Every day. Let us talk about it when we walk, when we talk, write it on the door frames of our home from Deuteronomy. It's just supposed to be a natural overflow. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we overcomplicate it. Yes. We're like, oh my gosh, am I supposed to do 15 minutes a day with my kids or 20 minutes? No. I can't even get them to sit still. Oh, for heaven's sake. I mean, my dad always loves to talk about the time he tried to do a devotional with us and we would just start laughing and giggling. And he was like, that was pointless. But it was just an overflow of my parents. Mm -hmm. If I can picture myself as a fountain, and I prefer to picture myself as a tall, skinny fountain. (laughs) I'm a tall, skinny fountain. And my children are drinking my overflow. What am I spewing? This is not conviction. This is opportunity. So what's the best thing spiritually I can do for my kids to have a right relationship with God? Because then my overflow will be one of faith, will be one of trust, will be one of love, peace and joy. And so it's really just about being who I'm supposed to be. And then I parent as an overflow of that. I think we overthink a lot of things. And typically when you overthink, you underperform. It's true. And it's that way in ministry, too. I know that we have a lot of people listening in who are maybe on a church staff. But, you know, I always tell people we've got to minister out of the overflow of what God's doing in us. If I I can do ministry all day long and not really have a relationship with God because I know all the things to do. But I choose to minister 
from what God's doing in me. And it's so much more effective and it rarely leads to burnout when Mm -hmm. you're doing it appropriately. And the same thing, I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about with parenting. You know, who are we as moms? And we've got to make sure that it's a, it's a healthy place. And Julia, I just want to also say that I just imagine, I mean, I've seen you get up on stages before and I know that it's a nerve wracking thing for you, but I just have to think that God is so pleased with that because you are walking in faith. Like you are really nervous about it and you're doing it anyway, or you're doing it afraid, like that phrase says. And I just think God is so pleased because we know that without faith, we can't even please him. And so how pleased is he when you get up there every time? So I just want to encourage you with that. Thank you. You are encouraged. That is very encouraging because again, every time, even today before the podcast recording, I thought, this is hilarious that I am on a podcast. (laughs) God's sense of humor. What is happening? I'm literally a person that would be described as like, I was a Girl Scout troop leader and room mom. And what is happening, you know, and God is so good and so faithful. And and I'm laughing that I'm hosting a podcast. So I mean, again, seriously, God, like, God, what us. is happening? You know? Yeah. And I always say, God, please help me to see things simply so that I can explain things clearly. So mm. when it comes to fearless mom and uh, I mean, when I speak, it's just simple words. Nothing I do is complicated to, or it's just, it's just my experience and what we have found scripture says works best. It's just very simple and simple mm-hmm. is my jam. Yeah. It's so good though. And this has really all been great. And obviously we want to point people to your encouragement at Fearless Mom as a resource. So everybody go to the conversation notes on my page and you will get all the links to all of her stuff. But Julie, we also want to know what other resources do you personally love and just want to pass on to us? Okay. I am a terrible um, listener and reader when it comes to podcasts and blogs and things, but I have a very short attention span. So my new (laughs) favorite is an Instagram account called Smart her news smart her news it you mentioned it earlier about people believing i mean having friends who believe different things but being kind to one another with such political let's say excitement we have in our world today um smart her news is a mom who is a reporter who does nonpartisan news. It's amazing. And it's hmm. it's so great for moms because it's in spurts. I mean, like she just puts it in. Here are the bullet points that you need to know. And so I love to know what's going on in the world, but I can't, I don't have the time or bandwidth to filter through what's going on on TV right now. Right. There's so much. And she is a mom that makes it simple to understand. It's amazing. That's my new favorite Instagram account. And then most of the books I read, some are Christian books. Some are not. I read a lot of secular, whether it is from psychology or medical pediatrics, or there are books, there are resources out there that I wouldn't, I would recommend with a filter. How about that? That's a great way to describe a lot of things yes, that we not, all read or that I read. They're not yeah. Bible studies, but I believe they are useful information. Yeah. And when you filter it through scripture and we can pull out all truth is God's truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so how to raise an adult was super interesting to me. 
again, she never claims that it's a Bible study, but she gives some unbelievable research in there about current trends and about how ideas that she has that we can beat some of the negative trends that are out there today, like kids anxiety and all that kind of stuff and college students and young adults with poor emotional resilience and things like that. She addresses a lot of those. So, and she's kind of funny. So I like her. And then my husband actually wrote a book, the trust protocol. And I think trust, well, when it comes to discipline, you know, we know that discipline has to be built on a foundation of trust. Mm. And so he talks about trust in the family and how important it is and how important it is for any relationship. It really is. As a basis of that relationship. So that is another good one. That's awesome. Yeah. Yay, hubby. <laughs> He's awesome, I have to say. My unbiased opinion, but he really is awesome. So, Julie, this has been so good. Thank you again for your wisdom, sharing it with us. Um, before we leave, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners? Any final word of encouragement that you can leave us with? You know, I think that our big thing we say in Fearless Mom all the time is you are not alone. And I think so often if we allow the enemy to convince us then we're that we're the only ones. I'm the only one struggling in my marriage. I'm the only one with a child who struggles to talk, you know, or who struggles academically. I'm the only one who feels like I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the only one. Then we're paralyzed and shame is like mold. It grows in the dark. Mm -hmm. So we say there's no shame. There is no shame in Fearless Mom. It is a shame-free, guilt-free, judgment-free zone. You are not the only one feeling that. And if you will speak it to someone, then shame has lost its hold on you. And so we are all about find someone to connect with. Find someone that you can share that with, your struggles, your someone who will celebrate with you too, with your wins. But you are not alone and take responsibility for your emotional health and find people around you who will give you support. There are so many moms out there who are looking for connection. And so we would love to help you connect. The Messy Table, obviously, is connecting moms and encouraging moms. And so with us, if you go to fearlessmom.com, you can find how to connect on social media. You can find other resources. We actually are a ministry at our church. So we have a fall semester and a spring semester. All those videos are online. And again, connecting with other moms through our Facebook page, through social media, just to be reminded we're all in this together and you are not the only one. You are not alone. So good. Mm. So true. We all need to hear it. And yes, everybody go to fearlessmom.com. So helpful. Julie, this is great. Thank you so much for being here and for taking the time to share. Thank you so much for having me. What an honor. What a, a joy to get to be with you and Cindy. Thank you guys so much for letting me be part. I love what you're doing. Thanks, Julie. Well, just a few final thoughts. We truly consider it such a privilege to meet you here in this space. You can find the conversation notes and resources mentioned and join my email list at jenjewel.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast for free in all the usual places like iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. And The Messy Table is on good old Instagram, so be sure to jump on there for added encouragement throughout your week. You can even tag some friends or moms who might benefit from these life-giving conversations. 
Well, last but not least, as you head back into your own world, don't forget, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in your mess.